it doesn't matter. It's not working. <laughs> yeah. For uh, some reason, it doesn't work. But I do know one thing that always works, and that's the cold open intro to the show. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to another bonus episode of Rune Terrible Radio. I am your host, Blevins, and joining me as always is Saucy Saucy Mailman. What's up, buddy? <laughs> What's going on, dude? It's going great. Would, would you believe that I was still dancing even though my camera's not? <laughs> I, I just assume you're always dancing at all times anytime we talk. Uh, that that is, that is true, but uh, we need not... Uh, delay because we have ourselves. Well, hey, this is a this is our first bonus episode that's ever happened. Uh, I mean, it's still going to count as a regular episode in terms of number, but it is a bonus episode in terms of this is our second one this week. And the reason that we're doing this is because we have nailed down and gotten in one of the hottest content creators in the Legends of Rune Terra scene right now, card game streamer, content creator, and lover of Heimerdinger, the person who inspired me to build the Heimerdinger Ezreal deck. None of, we have none other than Mega Mogwai. Welcome. Hello. I, I love that 80s. That, that intro is so 80s, by the way. <laughs> oh, yes. And shout outs to Delver Music for making that intro for us. It is fantastic. I it, it, sometimes I just like go on my computer and I press the button. I just listen to it on repeat just to, just to hear it. So yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure, and you know, I love talking Runeterra stuff. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean, you're in the right place to talk Runeterra, the Runeterra <laughs> podcast. We do it here, yeah. Uh, we sure, we sure do. And I guess let's just start it off. And uh, you know, Mogwai, I know you from a couple other games. I know you were. Uh, big into Artifact and MTG as well. Um, so I'm just kind of curious. I mean, a lot of, we have a lot of different people from all sorts of different games and gaming backgrounds in, in Runeterra. So what has really spoke to you uh, in terms of Runeterra and what brought you, brought you over? At first, I was just curious. Uh, I remember, you know, I, I was a part of the, the first and second pre like closed beta preview stages mm -hmm. you know these events that lasted for a few days and i honestly really liked the game uh, i became like really interested in it but i initially it didn't really hit me that hard like i i enjoyed it i had fun but then i just kind of like you know after that that event was over i just went to magic and kept you know doing my thing um what happened with the release of the open beta was initially very similar. Like I was just gonna, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mentioned in my YouTube that I was gonna upload content on. I was really looking forward to it, but I had no no like long term plans or anything by any means. Uh, I just kind of like wanted to try it out. And what happened was, I, you know, I, I'm I'm a card game fanatic first of all, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I I enjoy a lot many different card games. But what happened with Runeterra for me was I found myself in a situation in which I would just play more and more every day. And I just normally I, I have this phase, right? 
when I'm trying out a new card game and it lasts for about a week in which mm-hmm. I just go really hard in on it. And yep. then it just, you know, kind of like the honeymoon phase is a bit over. Yep. And you, you know, you're kind you know of sick of it at that well. point. <laughs> but with Runeterra, uh, the opposite was happening for me. I just could not stop playing. And I, I had never really been as consistent as I am being now with my streams uh because with magic the gathering the problem is i i i tend to like really uh i get i get oversaturated with it at a certain mm-hmm, point right mm-hmm. so i i can't like keep a realistic you know constant uh streaming schedule with it but with room terra i found like i was streaming like eight between eight and 12 hours a day and then in my off time i was playing more room terra <laughs> so i i became um really really addicted and just i i felt i've fallen in love with the game and i i often ask me exactly why it's a difficult question because there's many things that i really love about the game uh it's hard to pinpoint to like one thing right i I love for example the fact that it takes the initiative system from artifact which Mm -hmm. i think people really undermine but i think was one of the most one of the best things a card game has ever implemented especially transitioning from you know paper to uh virtual right um i think in in a virtual environment having the ability to constantly alternate between you and your opponent doing their thing is very important for the fluidity of matches right mm. and i i love how runeterra has implemented this uh, i love that they have instant speed level gameplay from the likes of magic yeah, but i also love the dynamic sense of it and uh, also casual friendly approach so that it's not as intimidating towards you know more uh, newcomers towards the genre amongst others uh, so I, I i just feel like this game has done so many things right and it's also its very own beast in which um i just like i said it's hard to pinpoint but runeterra plays very differently to other card games but it does so uh, most of the time unfortunately different does not mean good different a lot of times uh, there's a reason why certain card games follow a certain pattern right but Runeterra does things differently, and it does them in a very effective way. And uh, I'm, I'm just honestly blown away by the core design, uh, the ideas. Like I'm, I'm really intrigued to see like how they came up with this thing because I, I've, like I said, I've been playing card games all my life. It's basically the only genre I play, and I, I just absolutely love this game. And I, I've, I went from just like trying it out to. Uh, just switching my content and focusing on it completely. <laughs> like just pull the 180 and there's still viewers of mine who are, you know, upset, which I, I get, but I haven't felt this passionate about a card game since Duelist. And I played a lot of them mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to kind of like just let that go, you know? So, uh, yeah, basically I, I really like the game TLDR <laughs> game is yeah. good. That's why I play it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh, I was reading, it was right when the game, the open beta was coming out, and you were talking about, like, yeah, I, I just spent my entire day off playing Legends of Runeterra, and normally I don't play any card games, and, like, I might have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell that to my girlfriend. <laughs> She's not happy about it. <laughs> Girlfriends hate it, but gamers love it. It's Legends of Runeterra. <laughs> oh, 
I, I, I don't think that should be the sa- tagline. Saucy. No, it, it, de- it definitely shouldn't, uh, which is why a lonely Poro said it and no one associated <laughs> oh, with this no. show. Um, Saucy, you know all about... Um, you know all about uh, viewers not liking uh, your new content. Can we get an yeah. exclamation point, bros? In chat? <laughs> yeah, not it, yeah. I was gonna say I had the exact same because I, I came from uh, Hearthstone, so I I produced oh. Hearthstone content and I, oh, I, I streamed that forever. And uh, yes. when I, I was kind of the same thing, I played the the closed beta, the first preview patch. I'm like, that seems like a game. Um, it seems okay. And then the second one, I played a bunch. I'm like, no, it's it's really fun. Like I, I'm really digging it. And then so we formed this podcast because I got and like just enthralled with it and i had so many people just like out skewering me on a pike like <laughs> oh come back to hearthstone i'm like i don't hate hearthstone or anything it's not it's not about hearthstone it's how much more i love this game yeah. like, I'm so it, it doesn't it doesn't mean you hate the other game yeah. like that's what people there, there's this this is uh rather uh honestly like irrational sense of like need for loyalty for a mm-hmm. video game yeah. that people seem to really try to force on you especially if you're a content creator mm-hmm. uh that i just i can't really get behind uh, i i don't stop like i don't dislike magic the gathering um i i like i said i like card games and you know if i'm meeting up with some friends of mine or whatever and we play some magic i'm gonna have a great time but the reality is like this game just just provides so much more for me like uh mm-hmm. the core set is I see people saying that there's there's no variety, and that is just mind blowing <laughs> to me because the, the the core set in Runeterra is absolutely ridiculous. Like if you compare this to, for example, Artifact, which had that that was no variance. Literally every deck was Axon Legion or mm-hmm. or Mono Blue, and that yeah. was basically it. Yeah. You had no freedom for deck building. It was all about the gameplay. In this game, I one day. I'm playing Draven with his swinging axes. The next day, I'm playing Heimerdinger in the turrets. And the other day, I'm just, you know, slowly killing my opponents with mushrooms with Teemo. It's just like I play so... There's so many different archetypes. There's so many different ways to mix cards. And for a core set, I have never seen anything even close to this. Yeah. Nope. And I it it blows my mind that people don't realize this. Because it is amazing what we have with just the core set in Legends of Runeterra. And it just honestly makes me incredibly excited for like when they introduce expansions, new mm-hmm. regions, champions. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. It, I mean, I today before the show played three different Fiora decks. Like all yeah. like, like it, it, I can't admit. I, and you know who the people that are saying that it's not, uh, that there's no, uh, variety it's like oh well guys it's just myth it's just mistrace decks over and over again i guess i quit if i can't beat mistrace it's like uh, okay man well have you tried to have you tried to play something else like <laughs> i'm so sick of playing mistrace mirrors it's like you know you it's don't just, have to play mirrors if you it, just don't it's, play it. it it's just like it's because i i think one of the reasons why this is a thing is you know, because of the limitation uh, with, you know, the, the the limits that there are with the economy system, right? Like people can't like build those sorts of decks super fast. So a lot of them, there's a lot of, there's a heavy amount of net decking going around right now. Mm-hmm. And it, this revolves around two archetypes specifically, you know, miss rates and elusives. And just because a lot of people are playing those decks, I'm not saying those decks are not the king of the meta because, you know, 
to a certain degree. Yeah, I think we'll we'll elaborate more on this later than the line, I assume. But basically that there's so many more options and there's so many like tier tier two decks, there's a lot of them, yeah. and they can beat the best decks. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. and and there's a heavy like I'm 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 here climbing in masters with with a Timo deck, you know, and it's it's it works it's not it may not be you know as you know consistent and efficient mm-hmm. all the time as one of those but it's still it can beat them in any day and people i don't know it, i've seen oppressive metagames in the past and i just don't think yeah. you know it's, uh i don't know I, I i feel like there's so much variety so many different decks you can yeah. make there's I'm, I'm still exploring like there's still so many things i have to try out like I want to build uh, decks around Karma. I have so many ideas around Karma, but I, it took me a long time to actually get that champion. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. got her like yesterday. <laughs> so I, I've been I've been producing content for this game nonstop, like every day a different deck, and I still have like so many different ideas to try out. And it's just I just I've never like ran into this with any card game with the core set. Yeah. So it's I don't know. It's just brilliant. You bring up a you bring up a good point and something that we've talked on the show about a number of times and is obviously a big one of the biggest things in Runeterra right now uh, and sort of the biggest just discussions to have is the way that you get cards and we talked about mm. you know uh, I think in general if nothing else it is shifting the way that we as a community as a card game community perceive the grind. Um, but we also mentioned that like the content creators that are out there building the wacky decks are negatively impacted by that. And that's of course, like you are at the forefront of that. So it, it, yeah. talk, t- talk a little bit about, and I know you're, you're very vocal about this, but talk a little bit about, you know, your experiences with not being able to just have all the cards, um, as someone mm. who is trying to build, you know, these crazy decks right off the bat as a content creator. I mean, as a as a YouTuber and as somebody who game like if I really enjoy that game I want it to do well so obviously I'm always very supportive of of a good economy system that helps free to play players and all that but uh, this does not change the reality the reality is I am not a free to play player mm-hmm. I am the embodiment of pay to win if pay to win had arms and legs and a brain <laughs> and a heart, that's me I am a whale. And I, I, I dump money into card games because that's basically it. Card games, food, and rent. That's where my money goes. And then, you know, sometimes flowers for the misses, I guess. I was going to say, but... it's Valentine's Day as of this recording, <laughs> folks. Uh, we've already upset. <laughs> but go on. But go, before before you exactly. incriminate yourself more, go on, go on. <laughs> but that's basically what I do, right? So obviously, if you put a limit for me, I'm not going to take it too well. And while my opinion has molded over time, because I was very vocal about this, but I believe it was around maybe a week ago. Mm. Um, my view has changed a little bit. And I'm, I'm going to try to explain that uh, briefly. Basically, like initially, you know, when you simplify uh, and you look at it, you're like, okay, if I, if I can't like, if I'm playing a card game and I actually can't just have all the cards immediately and, pl- and build all sorts of different decks, that is just detrimental for a card game. That's just going to, uh, you know, push a lot of people back. It all, it had this impact on on many uh, streamers, for example, mm-hmm. like Brian Kibler and others 
they did not like this aspect. So I wasn't alone in this sentiment. But at the same time, the reality is this sort of limit that is applied is a requirement for the rest of the uh, economy system to kind of like hold its own. And I think Mm -hmm. it is a... It's it's a bit of a price to pay, at least you know from from my perspective, for what is otherwise a brilliant system. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. have to say, it's it's, it's a, I don't like this aspect of it, and I will always be critical of it. But at the same time, this allows like I I've I've built clo- I'm close to building the entire collection at this point. And I haven't I haven't completed all my expeditions runs any week uh, every week, but I have obviously bought the wall cards every week and everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm I, I've done so in a very smooth way. Like the progression system feels very rewarding and also very. If you just keep playing the game, you get the cards very fast. Mm-hmm. Like there is no comparison between this game and like any other card game in the market. Like you compare this to Hearthstone or to Magic the Gathering Arena and it is just absolutely ridiculous. Like Magic Arena is asking you to pay 10,000 golds to play Brawl. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. and here you're you're getting you're literally getting the cards for free. You just have to play the game. And that is that's something that I'm I'm personally very excited about because I believe this game is going to challenge the status quo and it's going to make history for the genre. And it's going to potentially attract a bunch of newcomers who have been otherwise irked, pushed away mm-hmm. from card games in general. Because we all have people like this in your in our inner social circles or our family, people who are just like, ah, card games look cool, but they're expensive. You know, yeah. and, and they don't get into it. We all know people like this because it's a it's a very shared sentiment, uh, especially people who have not like actually dwelled into a genre and like experienced it and like all the joy that comes with it and all the because you know if you're if you're one of the, one of the things that I love about card games is the creativity, right? And mm-hmm. it's like it's a, a constant creative outlet that's just yeah. it's just very fun to dwell into, and uh, yeah, a lot of people just don't even give it a chance because of how expensive card games are it's it's a well-known fact like card games are expensive and if you challenge that and you provide a a free-to-play experience like this for the genre it's just it's massive and i i think you know the limit is in a way a price to pay do you think so this is this is you know obviously something that comes up a lot because this is such a new economy new system in in card games do you think that uh, Runeterra's success and it doing well could potentially challenge games like Hearthstone, MTGA to potentially uh, more incentivize their players. I I, I believe if it's um, based on both the equi- the economy system and quality of game, I've said this before, and I'll I'll, I'll eat my words if it's otherwise. But I I believe Legends of Runeterra will be the most the biggest card game in the market. It'll, it'll, it'll defeat everything. It's definitely going to blow out MTG Arena uh, just because of the economy system alone. And I think the gameplay quality is outstanding. Every game in, in Legends of Runeterra, you can get bad draws. Card, uh, card draw variants will always be a factor in card games. If you don't like that, play chess. Uh, otherwise, b- besides that, every game is a game. Every match is a well-fought match. Mm-hmm. And it feels like both players get to do something and die, dig in deep. And 
I, I just think from a core design perspective, because a lot of times many card games are limited by their core design, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things you can do to tweak the the outer layers, but what it what are the pillars that you know define the game limit it, unfortunately. Like for example, something like Gwent. But uh Runeterra just has everything has been done right. And it's also uh appealing. Like it also shares a lot of the good things about Hearthstone from the UI perspective and how dynamic it is. It's exciting to watch, and I, I believe it'll it'll eventually. I, I believe it's going to be you know, it'll, it'll take its time. Yeah, but I think eventually it'll be it'll be the number one card game. Yeah, I'm all about it. I I am as well, and I think it the one thing that I think is is subtle, and maybe it's just because I'm not playing um i'm not not that i'm not playing enough games or maybe i'm not analyzing closely enough games Mm. but one thing that and 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 i and and saucy as well come from you know back in the day sort of a more competitive mtg and hearthstone uh background when when we were playing uh you know when i was testing for gps and ptqs and whatnot for magic in paper one of the biggest things is are you on the play or on the draw? It's still like that today. When uh, being on the play, win percentage is drastically different than the draw, and it's ridiculous. And I, and again, maybe I'm just not analyzing it enough, but I have not noticed a. I I don't even like think. I mean, yes, attacking on evens versus attacking on odds is different depending on the deck that you're you're yeah. playing. But it's like it's not even close, at least to the perception to me. Yeah whether I'm attacking on evens or attacking on odds because of the way the game is designed. In all the games that I've had, I, I take your stance, by the way. Like, I'm not going to go ahead and claim, you know, I know for a fact that it has no impact. I don't know. But from my perspective, out of all the countless games that I've had up at this point, I've never even thought about, oh, I'm going first, I'm going second, and yeah. how that is going to impact them. I've, I've never, I've just been like, okay, I, I just roll with it. Right. Um, it's it's true what you said, like there's certain decks, especially like, for example, the, uh, obviously like the Mist Wraith deck mm-hmm. with uh, Shadow Owls, they they want to be able to attack on, on turf. But because of the way the initiative system works, okay, I can play a one drop when I'm going, um, I'm attacking second. I can't attack with it immediately, but if my opponent doesn't play a one drop themselves, I'm still going to be able to clean attack with that yep. at the right. beginning of my turn, yep. right? It has very little impact on on anything, and yeah, it's a different. Yeah, Runeterra's just a different beast in that sense. Like it, it's yep. the 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 back and forth, you know, uh, attack priority system and the initiative system to just make it very very. It's such a different game for something like Magic: The Gathering, for example, and and it's yeah. true, Magic: The Gathering. Uh, that's one of the big. It's like, for example, in Gwent, it was the coin flip. Mm-hmm, in, yep. in Gwent, it was uh, a, a big, big issue. And in Magic, is also a very big yeah. issue. You know, who goes going on the play? Like you never like it. Always ask you like when you win the coin flip. It's like, oh, you want to go first or second? You never want to go second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> never. Uh, unless, uh, yeah. Unless you have, unless you're playing sealed deck at your pre-release and you have a very controlled deck. Yeah. Never, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone yeah. listening? Just always go first. Even always if it's close, yeah, yeah. just go first. Like there yeah. are very few times I've ever wanted to go. Or or if you're playing what, Legacy Dredge, right? You have yeah, to go Manalist second. Dredge. Manalist Dredge, to. where you have to go second so that you can discard the hand size on turn one. 
Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it, it is a big thing though. Like anyone who's come from games, like especially Magic the Gathering, like think about if you're playing the mono red aggro, how, what your win percentage is going first versus second. Like yeah. it's, it's substantial. And in this game, like I actually never even think about that unless I'm playing some like specific Zed aggro deck. I'm like, I want to attack on three, but it's not even like a huge deal. Right. Mm. The, the disparity, like the official numbers, which, you know, do not um, pinpoint specific archetypes, just basically they uh, encompass everything, dictate that there's in Magic the Gathering Arena a difference of like, I believe, uh, 55% win rate if you're going first to 45 being our second. Wow. Which is. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's That's like, huge. Yeah. It's like that. Wow. I mean, if you're playing a t like a, any tier one deck, being on the player draw is more important than mm -hmm. what deck you pick. <laughs> yeah. And it's, 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 it's like it, you, you say mono red, but it's also like it's just as important for the guy facing against mono red, right? Yeah, like if you're playing right. a control deck, you, you got, especially if you're playing a control deck with counter spells. Mm hmm. The difference between first or second is massive because yeah. all of a sudden my quenches, which just counter your your spells for two mana and forces you to pay two two otherwise, I I I have that second land on the board before you do, which means I always have the priority mm -hmm. and I can just deny your game plan. But if if you go first, then all of a sudden, like that's why there's a lot of very key sideboarded decisions. If you're playing a deck with counter spells, yep. you have to actually take some counter spells out when you're on the draw yep. because they just become way less efficient, especially against more fast paced uh, matchups. Right. So yeah, definitely a big deal here that um, I haven't really seen. Like I said, I can't really assess it as a fact by any means right? because maybe somebody comes up with some data and then it turns out that there is some, you know, you never know. Right. But from right. my initial uh, perspective, no impact whatsoever well which is, even, which is nice <laughs> exactly well even like there's there's two there's there's two separate things that are important there's the actual empirical facts about what is like is there actually a win win rate disparity or not that is important yes the other important thing is do players perceive that there is a win rate disparity because at the end of the day people need to feel good about playing the game from a business yeah. side, from a growth of the game side. So yeah. even if there is a few percent disparity, like we're saying, we're saying this anecdotally as people who play the game a lot, we don't feel it. So hopefully the people who definitely aren't looking into it, uh, aren't, aren't perceiving it that way. There's a lot of, com like right now the complaints that are, for example, on Reddit and stuff revolve around the metagame. Like I haven't seen a single person complain about the, like there's there's no from what I've seen there's no perception whatsoever so uh, for the time being I think that's definitely not going to be any sort of issue which is like I said it's very nice because it's, it's something like the issue between going first and second has you know been a thing for card games forever and yep it's a good thing to like not have to worry about yep. it, yeah yeah it, it really speaks to the fact that they have like uh, former like pro magic players on the team like i know steve rubin is a uh, pro tour winner like he's on the on the design team and i know there's a lot of other folks on there that are have just been in competitive like card games for a long time and it's like being able to actually go in and design a card game not just for the sake of doing it but like hey we've been competitive gamers for uh, competitive card game players for a long time what sucks about magic 
and like there's a lot of great things about magic and i think most people who have ever played magic would say that there's a lot of great things but also mm. like missing your land drops and not actually playing a game really sucks and then yeah. Hearthstone kind of figured that out a while ago, but like, I mean, even like the World of Warcraft TCG years ago figured that out. But it's like, man, they it seems like they like went down the list and they went even further down the list and were like, hey, what sucks about this? What sucks about this? What sucks about this? Okay, let's figure out a way, a creative way to to uh, and 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 more so like more so than that even is they they managed to just pick the best the best aspects of every card given and mix them yes. together as well. Yeah. And, and not just mix them together randomly, but in a very cohesive design, mm -hmm. like final design. Uh, like I said, uh, the initiative system from Artifact, you know, the, uh, the instant yep. reactive sort of like interactive uh, spell gameplay mm -hmm. from, from Magic the Gathering. Like it's, but it's all at the same time, it's simplified, but simplified in, in a good way. Yep. Because even though, like, because that was that was one of my things that deterred my initial impression from the game was that I I was coming from uh, you know Magic and then I was also playing some uh, Mythgard as well. Good game, really good game. And uh, yeah, these games had you know complicated text, uh, keywords, mechanics, all that. And then I saw uh, the first day of like the the first uh, stage of the you know pre-beta. Oh, sorry, the closed beta, like previous stage. Mm -hmm. I, I I made it by like day two, right? So the first day I was watching some streams. My initial impression was like, oh, these these cards are just like very simple. You know, it's mm -hmm. just like these mm -hmm. effects are very simple. Everything in this game is very simple. It's too simple for me. This is just like another Hearthstone clone, yeah. whatever. Uh, but no, then it turns out the way the game plays out, you know, the, the pieces themselves can seem simple at first glance, but as they all are mixed together and the way the game is designed, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's not. It's actually very deep. Man. Yeah. It's, it's well, and, and also remember that in the uh, the beginning of Hearthstone that a 4-2 Divine Shield Charge was the best card in the format for a long time. Yeah. And a 4-5 Vanilla for four was a staple card as well. So I yeah. give, you know, when people are like, uh, if, if it's if it's too simple for them right now, which I, I think we've talked about and explained that it's definitely not right now. But mm -hmm. if, even if you even if you somehow think that the base set right now is simple. Give it, give it just a little bit of time because I mm -hmm. think, and I, I have said it actually on the show as well uh, to echo what you said, Mogwai is like this is the most like diverse and not even necessarily complex, but just like it has so many different flavors of what you can play. There's aggro, control, there's there. mid range, there's combo decks. If you count the Fiora and the Ezreal decks, there's so much, and, and there's things and I, I got to And, and I'll, this will kind of shift us into our next topic as well. I've personally been inspired by the decks that you're posting Mogwai with like, <laughs> Hey, you, you've opened my eyes to Heimerdinger. I actually, I, I'll give credit where credit's uh, due. Sa Saucy <laughs> originally in the preview patch with the Cataclysm deck opened my eyes to Heimerdinger. Uh, but the this, like, after uh, in beta, the mono Heimerdinger deck, like, was my favorite deck for a solid week. Like, I played nothing yeah. but that. And now I've been playing the Heimerdinger, um, the Heimerdinger draven deck oh yeah like oh, you that's, that's a good one you and uh raptor have like yeah. kept my my have have rebirthed my love of noxus because i wanted to in the preview patches and before we actually got to play the game i thought 
oh man, we're just going to be playing nothing but five twos for two. Everything's got haste. I only need to hit you a little bit and just, they're just not good enough. So I like have not played that much Noxus, but man, I love that Heimerdinger Noxus deck. It's like a control. I, I, I personally, I, I love the, uh, I love Noxus in general as a support region right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mix it like my, my favorite region is Piltover and Zahn. So it's a great I, 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 I play like I play that region so much. Oh my god! And I, I love Noxus for like Noxus has a lot of support capabilities. Yeah. Like uh, not only like for example the Draven uh, Heimerdinger deck, but also uh, a great support region for the Ash Frostbite yeah. midrange deck mm-hmm. as well. It's just really solid. Draven is uh, slowly but surely becoming one of my favorite champions as he fits in so many different like the the axes. It's it's just really neat. These zero mana spells that you can you know mm-hmm. uh, work around through deck building to make some uh, get some nasty value out of them is it's just it's yeah. just neat, man. And <laughs> obviously his voice lines are a nice bonus. I was gonna say oh, the yeah. voice lines is like I don't play a whole lot of Dravens, but his voice lines every <laughs> time every time you play it like because I've been playing a ton of just random Teemo decks, but every time there's a Draven and you play a Teemo, what the <laughs> is that? It's what lazy. the is that? <laughs> I, I heard I like that's actually in my, my video today, like is my reaction to that for the first time because I never <laughs> saw that interaction. I was playing a Teemo and I just I just started laughing like crazy. Yeah. Like I couldn't stop. It's like one of those moments in which you're like, okay, you laughed enough, you know, you're you're live and all that. Okay, just yeah. you're gonna come off annoying, but I could just couldn't. And I, I also love you know the with Fiora. Oh no, I shoot what? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I shoot what? Yeah, that's so good. He's the, he's the best. He's the best. He is. You you are in for a treat the next time yeah. you see a uh, Hecarim with a uh, with a Brahmin play. I'll, I'll I won't spoil yeah. it, but you're in for a treat if you haven't heard that voice line interaction yet. It's pretty great. It's my second favorite. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, Draven. I just love. I mean, I love Draven from TFT actually uh, in set one. But yeah, he's he's he. Uh, you are personally bringing Draven back to me in terms of my liking him in LOR after my that one expedition I played where I literally went win loss win loss win loss win loss the whole way with my three power yeah. Draven right after he got nerfed. Um, <laughs> this is so bad. Yeah. It's a, why doesn't he have that fourth power anymore? Uh because he was too good. Um He was so good. But it was yeah, it was, it, it, it was with that quick attack it was pretty yeah, nice yeah. especially considering he could he could go up to 5 instantly with yeah. the axe. It was like holy hell! He, was, it, he put so much pressure. Yeah. But he, but it's it's great to see like it's it's one of those things like unlike you know the Callista nerf, uh, Rip Callista, he um he he stayed. He's actually very very viable and he fits he fits many different archetypes as well. But mm-hmm. I, I I personally love him in the Heimerdinger deck. I, I love mixing those two. Uh, I just it, it's just really neat. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do with him and it's fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and. We've talked about, I mean, just, I mean, that deck alone is, is really an example. Cause if you, if you're looking around the internet at other places or you're looking at tier lists or meta lists or even the Mobilitics meta list, you're, you're not going to see a, uh, Heimerdinger Draven deck on that list anywhere, at least no, not yet. No. Uh, and a lot of the decks, I mean, actually the, the Heimerdinger Ezreal deck has kind of fallen into favor now as like a tier, tier one, tier two deck. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you've really sort of focused at least the, the, a lot of the content I've seen on like non-meta or different decks. Is that just your style as a player to be, you know, to be that sort of deck brewer or is it, is it for content? What, what, what is your thought process behind not just jamming mysteries to the top of the ladder? Because, uh, well, I, I can't deny the fact that I, I, I do believe there's this little, hipster edge you want to be living with (laughs) inside of me but uh at the end of the day i just i just don't like mirror matches Mm -hmm. i don't i don't Mm -hmm. play card games for mirror matches and i i get very tired of playing a top tier meta deck like i can do it for a day Mm -hmm. but then uh, i've had enough of that i the reason why i love card games is like i mentioned earlier it's just more of a it's creativity outlet for me right Mm -hmm. and I just I love brewing. I, I love I love a card game that can enable me. That's why I I've loved Magic for for a long time because, for example, because uh, Magic has a lot of flaws that I've I've been very vocal about for you know ever since I I dedicated my my content to it right like the land system and you know a bunch of other things. But it is true that as a card game, it's re- it's remained you know the king at least in the paper mm-hmm. side of things because of all the different possibilities it enables you to, to have regarding deck building. And yeah, I, I, I just, I, I love brewing. I love coming up with uh, new tactics. I, I love also, I love the fact that, you know, metagames, because people, people say, oh, I'm so tired about uh, facing this and that, but I, I love the fact that metagames can become predictable and mm-hmm. established mm-hmm. because that's kind of like, it's kind of like a, you know, a problem to solve in a way. Right. And that's how I enjoy approaching the genre. Like I just, I, I like building different stuff and and trying, you know, unconventional strategies and and, and using them to beat, you know, uh, the popular uh, tactics. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it. Like it, it's it's really simple. Like obviously, it does help my YouTube uh, because <laughs> I'm I'm able to, you know, showcase all, all sorts of. Things. But the thing is, like, if I wasn't doing like YouTube, I would still be right you know doing what i'm doing like i was still constantly guys i i even though there are some decks that i've enjoyed so much that i i do believe uh if i wasn't producing content i would stick around with them for a bit more you know i would play them for at least <laughs> one week or two yeah. non-stop like so there's like a few decks that i have like that i just like i just absolutely love and i, I never get tired of playing but it's it's that it's just it's fun it's how i enjoy playing and uh you know n- nothing against those who just like to spam mm-hmm. uh ladder decks and all that but i'll i'll, I'll honestly never really understand that perspective because <laughs> yeah. that's that's how i see it yeah i uh i am a i'm the type of player that like i like to play competitive decks but i just mm. get bored playing yeah. the same deck over and over again yeah. unless i'm unless I'm practicing for a specific event, which doesn't happen for me. Cause I don't play. Like, I used to go to GPs, uh, magic GPs, which are not called magic fests for some reason. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no comment on, on that, on all those changes, but, uh, I would play the same deck over and over and over again and would just grind games to get, to learn the matchups and stuff for that. But I'm not a competitive player anymore. Um, I'll, I, play mostly for fun like i want to grind the ladder but like i don't care at the end of the day if i'm number one in the world i'm not trying to win a tournament right now so i just get bored like i could play the fiora deck over and over and over again and i actually 
kind of might because I really love that deck. But like I'll play, I could play Mysteries over and over again. But like you said, I just get bored and I want to play more stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad. Uh, I'm 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 very thankful for your channel because you're always giving me new ideas to play of what to play, which is awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's what I do. What I do. I. I, I... I, I've been getting a lot of like nice, you know, supportive comments and like people who appreciate, you know, the different decks and all that. And that's, that's just very motivating because that just, mm -hmm. you know, I, I actually, uh, I've been like really, I've, I've been like working nonstop ever since Runeterra and I've never like, I've never once have I felt like, you know, tired of it or like, mm -hmm. you know, saturated or anything. I just like right now, I just, I, I, I want to finish my new Heimer Dinger Lux deck that I've been working on, uh, you know, and then I want to build Karma with, with Freljord and Winter's Breath, you know, like I, I just yeah. keep going and it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see that people, you know, share. I mean, at the same time, you know, it's, it's how I enjoy, like how I enjoy the, the, the game mm -hmm. and it's not hard for me to believe that others enjoy that as well. Like, you know, like when you're, what you're telling me about, you know, you not you getting bored of playing this like that resonates with me mm -hmm. tremendously, right? So I I'm not in the least bit surprised at that perspective, and it's nice. It's cool. Yeah, it was uh, I I hit my my maximum deck slots the other day because yeah, like I, I get I'll play like four or five games with it. I go all right next deck, and I I, I like to just brew. I mean I'm. I'm playing nothing but Pursuit of Perfection decks right now, so I. I just I just spit up my drink. By the way, that was yeah, it's been uh, it's been you know I ha I think I have seven Pursuit of Perfection decks right now. Jesus Christ! You realize okay. you don't have to play the card says you. Just I play, I was a brewer. You, 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 you realize the card says that you just have to play that many different cards in a game, not play that many different oh. versions of the deck. See, that, I thought you had 20, 20 different versions of this deck or someone to work. Oh, man. That would be cool yeah. if they made a card. Like I, I, I got it to work once on because I was playing Hammerdinger with Flash of Brilliance. It was, yeah. actually the, it was actually like the Draven deck, I believe. Yeah, it was the Draven deck. And uh, I, I got it. I, like, I actually got it to work. And I got like really cocky as I had my 30 30 <laughs> overwhelm. I attacked yeah. and it got purified. No. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. But it was it was so satisfying as hell. That's yeah. awesome. I, I would cry every time. That I had the uh was it not the they who endure. That I had one of those. It was like a 24-24. They purified it oh. as a 1-1. One, one. Oh, like, oh, yeah, because the debuffs. Oh, my yep. God. I was like, well, I guess I'm not winning God. this game. All right. Oh, damn. That hurts. Ship. Yeah, that does. Man, that sucks. Um, yeah. I'm curious because, you. I mean, you've come from Magic, um, a lot of MTG, where the meta can get very stale. And the game is still in beta. I mean, we're it's not even out yet, which I have to keep reminding myself because it's so polished. Mm -hmm. But how do you feel the game's done so far, like, correcting itself with the meta? Because it seems like there's been a flavor of the day. Like, every single day, you'll look on Twitter, Reddit, like, mm -hmm. oh, today's Dawn Spiders, today's Mystery, today's Elusives. Like, it's been rotating so much. How do you feel that's uh, how it's <clears> been doing? I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely been really uh, fluid. Uh, for example, like when I remember, uh, you know, like a few days ago, I saw this version of Frostbite midrange with Ash, because I, I was working on a Vladimir deck, and I really I really believed uh, Trifarian Assessor was a an criminally underrated card. Mm -hmm. 
uh, I think a lot of like top players, you know, uh, dismissed it really early on without even giving it a chance. And I was convinced that that card had huge potential. So I, I started using it in a Vladimir shell. And then I started realizing, yeah, this is probably way more consistent in the deck with uh, Omen Hawks and Avaros and Hearth Guards, right? Like a standard. And then I saw this this variant running around. I believe I don't. I think it was Raptor who made it with uh, just a, a Frostbite midrange list with Noxus and, and triple Trifarian Assessor. And I was like, yeah. I, I as soon as I saw that deck, I was like, this is this has to be really powerful. Uh, on paper, this looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I took it on the ladder and masters and I started destroying all the like elusives and, and mm-hmm. mystery decks with it. But then I started running into a bunch of mirror matches, a hell of a lot. And I was like, <laughs> wow, like people picked up on this deck like really fast, like two hours after I started playing it, all of a sudden everybody I'm running into is playing it as well. And it, it, it was like, it was the most direct experience with this like ever changing metagame that I personally you know, ran into, right? It, it was, it, it was in the moment. Like I, 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 I felt it as uh, people were just changing to it. And it, it's, it's happened, even though, uh, Shadow Isles with Misrates and, um, and Hecarim and Elusive Decks have proclaimed themselves as, you know, metagame kings. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, little to dispute that. There are the, all these other decks that actually can take them on really well. And, and people like really, like I, I'm. I felt like in other card games, as I rank up the ladder, I feel I face less and less diversity. But in Masters rank in Legends of Runeterra, I am not the only one experimenting like crazy. Like mm-hmm. I run into so many people with all these wacky deck ideas, and sometimes I just feel super peanut butter and jelly. You know, when I see one of these <laughs> decks, and it's just like, oh man, I, I why didn't I, I not come up with that? You know, yeah. <laughs> there's there's all these neat ideas running around and. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of like flavor. It's I would say flavor of the day. And the thing is, once everybody has a full collection, uh, eventually the metagame will be completely solved, and uh, that can uh, ultimately, like with any card game, lead to staleness. But this is where I believe Riot has a huge opportunity with, and that is unlike Magic: The Gathering, which I think its biggest. Uh, potential downfall at least arena is going to be its ties to paper yep mm-hmm. you guys are talking about how in magic the gathering uh metagames can become solved and become stale quite quickly which i think wizards of the coast are taking a very very um incorrect sort of approach at solving the problem as they are trying to basically hide information there, I, I've seen, I've been told by sources, and I've seen in social media people talk about how they are speaking with, with, uh, you know, they're basically denying MTG Goldfish, Channel Fireball, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, at like sharing decks from Grand Prix, mm-hmm. uh, etc., yep. which is a very archaic way, in my opinion, yeah, of, uh, sort of like solving the issues. Like, no, just don't <laughs> let people know what the pros are playing, right. and therefore the metagame won't be solved as quickly. It feels like a very, very desperate solution for what yeah. is inherently the big problem. The big problem is your game is tired to paper, and you can't change right. cards because you're printing cards. People are buying booster cards, and yep. instead you choose to, you know, as a last resource, uh, resort, sorry, ban them. Yep. With 
Runterra, Riot has a critical opportunity of approaching the game the same way they do apparently with League of Legends, and that is with regular balance patches. Uh, I'm not like the key thing is how they execute these things, right? Mm -hmm. Like what I don't want to see is them absolutely murdering archetypes. Mm -hmm. But if they do things in a subtle way, tone down some stats here, Mm -hmm. work on certain cards that need to be, uh, you know, retweaked or uh, certain uh, design choices that, you know, I don't personally agree with, like, for example, Commander Ladros. I think if they can do this regularly, this, like, despite what others may, like, the naysayers may say, this will 100% keep the metagame super interesting because it'll just make it so that there's never a, a prolonged state of staleness as they are able to just, you know, uh, elusives are too powerful, and there's some solid arguments. You know, not fueled by emotions, but by actual facts mm-hmm. that state that elusives are indeed a bit over the top right now. Yeah, just just tweak the stats. You know, tweak yeah. uh, here and there. Just tone them down a little bit. Don't obliterate them like mm-hmm. you did with Callista. But you know, take the Draven approach. You know, like tone it down and let other archetypes shine. Also, buff other archetypes yeah you know vladimir self-harm could use some help you know uh, i'm I'm more of an advocate for buffing than the nerfing it's all like it's all about how they execute this but Mm -hmm. they have this golden opportunity of just like because they have no ties to anything they can constantly fix their cards or tweak them and therefore keep the metagame interesting and i'm very very excited and also a bit afraid uh, or I, I guess the, the term would rather be anxious as to see, you know, how they execute this. But I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I think they, if they do it right, it, it could it could mean a big deal for the longevity of the game. Yeah, and that's one of the things they were talking about. Um, you know, where they're saying um, for balance changes and stuff, they don't want to nerf cards or you know, balance them to where they're unplayable. So they're not giving, you know, kickbacks on, you know, wild card refunds or shard refunds because they want cards to still be playable. And I really hope that to be true, especially if they are Trent, you know, every couple weeks having some kind of balance patch, you know, if something's out of control, something's crazy, just tweak it a little bit, buff Mm -hmm. some other stuff. I'd really love to see, you know, some responses to things by buffing other cards to see, you know, other archetypes shine from time to time. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned the League of Legends and and by extension, almost the the TFT philosophy, too, is like they're treating this obviously as a digital game. It's not a card game. It's it's a Mm -hmm. it's a digital game that is using cards as the uh, the the objects in the game. It is not a card game that has been ported over to digital, which is what Magic the Gathering really is just grandfathered into unfortunately mm-hmm. um yep. unless they decide to sever that tie at some point which i, I doubt it <laughs> it'd be hard yeah. i i have a hard time believing that that would be possible um unfortunately but they can you know league of legends um and and tft have done a great job of like oh okay well let's do a they do every two week uh they do balance patches and it's like Let's change this attack damage by 0.05. Let's change this attack speed by 0.1, something like that. Like little things um, that can change things drastically. I mean, it, even, you know, one attack off a of Draven made, went 
you know, changed him from being like one of the most played things in preview patch one and two to, or in preview patch one to like, he's on the fringe right now. Um, I mean, that is probably because of, you know, people's perceptions, but the power level goes down, but you know, they can do little things like that. We don't need to, you know, ban Oko. Like what if, if, if MTG arena had the ability to just make Oko one, like, Oko's plus one of yeah. uh, minus one or something, or make him cost yeah. four mana. How much Changes better loyalty. do you think? Changes just, loyalty. Or, or all of those things, honestly. But 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 they but they can't. They they, yeah, they exactly. can't do that and they like they won't even like it's kinda like a taboo sub subject for them, right? Like the fact right. that they can't do like it's really, really limiting them. It's yeah. really gonna hurt Magic the Gathering Arena in the long run. And I think, uh, honestly, I'm just very, very, very glad that Runeterra is not has no ties to paper whatsoever. Right. Yeah, because that is that is such a huge weight you're you're lifting yeah. off your shoulders. Like you, it's it's such a huge restraint that you don't have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, for people who don't know Magic uh, and haven't been playing for you know 20 years, like like a lot of us have, uh, they have this thing called the reserved list where they won't even print cards. They won't even print reprints of certain cards because of some archaic thing that's been around for 20 plus years. Yep. Um, and you know, that's, that's the, the bed they've made. And obviously I think, you know, they're, they, they're successful in their, in their way. And they have taken the, their, their paper first and digital second. And that's, fine but it, it it is really great to know that like not only is uh riot um or is legends of runeterra a digital first game and digital only game on it honestly yeah but that riot um ha- is proficient in balancing digital games not just uh card games so we can speak the praises of Runeterra all day, but um, I want to move on a little bit and um, let's talk a little bit about this Teemo deck you've been uh, you've been playing. I know you said you were you're climbing up in Masters, and I have been I love Teemo just just to state the record here, but I have been skeptical of his playability and power level in Legends mm. of Runeterra. So I am I'm a believer. massively intrigued uh, at the prospect that I can play a Teemo deck and actually climb. So here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> Every time it starts like that, I get a little yep. worried. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's actually like... Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and sell the car to you here okay. uh, and tell you why Teemo... I think Teemo is the most um, misunderstood champion in Legends of Runeterra. Uh, when people try to build around Teemo, they focus too much on Teemo himself. They, uh-huh. they like the biggest. The, I, 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 I quote unquote came up with this deck in in the the second version of uh, or the second event of the you know preview, preview event yep. for the close beta. Uh, but many others came up with this at the same time. Like it's a pretty, uh, 
obvious combo once you look at it obviously with the with the kenku wayfinder right pulling out two mm -hmm. teamos and you build a heavy based ionia deck with a bit of piltover and zon to try to and then you have a bunch of spells like denies uh twin disciplines mm -hmm. barriers etc etc and the strategy is basically you know play teemo keep teemo alive have all these mushroom cards and just duplicate teemo and and mm -hmm. and you know fill up your opponent's deck with a bazillion mushrooms right and obviously, uh, the problem with this deck is, unlike the Ezreal combo deck, in which you're utilizing Ezreal as your late game finisher, so you don't have to actually draw him nor play him until the very end of the match, mm -hmm. in which, you know, with all the card draw that you have and everything, you're bound to find at least one copy of them. With the Teemo deck, you're trying to ride on a one-drop, then you're trying to get that one drop as early as possible on the board, mm -hmm. and you're also trying to keep it alive while at the same time not dying to your opponent's early aggression, which is uh -huh. very difficult to because right now you have the problem of either running into Mist Wraith Shadow Isles and then just they then playing the Wraith Collar turn four and obliterating you. So even if yep. you did find Teemo turn one and you protected him and everything, Doesn't you just matter. did not have enough exactly, you just <laughs> did not have enough time. Or you're running into an elusive deck that just kind of like blocks your Teemo there. So many people reach the conclusion, oh, Teemo sucks. Don't, don't, you know, I, I love the meme that I saw on Reddit, by the way, like with the, you know, the importance of wall cards and the kid just dropping the yeah, wall card to get so Teemo. I, 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 oh my God. Wait, hard. that was a meme? I thought that was just a picture of Saucy Mealman. <laughs> yeah. So having all this said, Teemo is... The most misunderstood champion in the game because he should be treated as any other champion. And one of the things people don't really realize about Teemo is that he is an incredibly high-pressure one-drop. Mm -hmm. No matter what deck you have him in, doesn't matter. You play Teemo turn one, your opponent is only thinking about one thing. I have to kill that little fucker. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. Immediately. I have yeah. to kill him what as early as I possibly can. Yeah. Because <laughs> that guy, because if I let that stick on the board, eventually it's going to level up and it actually can kill me. Like yeah. it can yeah. fill up my deck with mushrooms. I have to eliminate it. So the idea that I had was to build, instead of just focusing only on Teemo, a mushroom archetype that can win without even drawing Teemo. Because if you want to build any sort of cohesive deck, you can't build it around a specific card and have it depend on that card only mm -hmm. when this card is meant to be played in the early stages of the game. Right. This is why I'm not referencing the Ezreal deck, which is a different case because mm -hmm. you're playing that later down the line, right? So I, I designed a deck mixing Piltover and Shadow Isles. The reason why I chose Shadow Isles is because the combination of Piltover and Shadow Isles gives you basically the best single target early game removal and at the same time, the best card draw in core set you have access to glimpse beyond and progress day which combined give you insane amounts of card draw and then you get to mix mystic shot and uh vile feast which is the True. tits because those yeah. two are just insane those two cards are absolutely insane and you get to play a full set of, of both of them so you have a deck with a plethora of very efficient tempo based single target removal great card draw and a strategy that revolves around making the mushrooms work but it, it doesn't only it doesn't it doesn't only work around the mushrooms it combines this is where uh my biggest like this is the biggest example that i use for my argument of like aggro control and mid-range not really being applicable terms to runeterra they're not really truly really compatible 
because this deck, I don't even know what to label it at. It's yeah. not control. It's not mid range. It's just kind of like it's thing. Stuff. And by not it's exactly it's stuff. stuff by not <laughs> by not being tied to this concept of like I'm building a mid range control deck by just breaking free from that and actually just focusing on Runeterra as his own game and. I was able to build this deck as it is because what I'm basically doing is I'm filling my opponent's deck with mushrooms. The actual MVP of the deck is the Puff Cap Peddler, by the way. I love yeah. that card. Mm-hmm. So I have a full set of that and Teemo. I have all these mushroom generation effects, obviously Chump Wumps and uh, the Squirrel as well. But on top of that, I have uh, direct damage spells such as Mystic Shot and uh, Get Excited, which are my main ways to close out games. I have a one-off of Commander Ladros, and I have a full set of Plaza Guardian on the high end mm. so that I can I apply pressure with a bit of a surprise factor mm. as I play all these cheap Mushroom spells. I get these Plaza Guardians to be able to apply it uh, very uh, efficiently later down the line, and I even have some warp uh, map as a surprise way to sneak in damage Ooh. with my Ladros and my Plaza Guardian in the late game, alongside a full set of Mark of the Isles, because that card is busted it's and is even bust, even bust more busted English with Teemo. Because a lot of times you draw Teemo in the late game, he's leveled up, you play him, you want to duplicate the mushroom, the opponent try to kill him, you give him Mark of the Isles, you hit them for five damage, you duplicate the amount of mushrooms, you get him at like a hundred puff caps. <laughs> And all of a sudden, they take a few mushrooms, then they're down to three, I get excited, and I kill them. That's how the deck works. It's co- it combines all these pieces together to take the opponent's uh, health uh, stat down, while at the same time having good removal to survive the early and stages of the game. And the deck flows really well in that sense. It's not just one aspect of it that's winning you games. Mm-hmm. It's all these uh, intertwined and working together. So you have the peddlers... You know, you know, if if they go unanswered, they they get crazy mushroom value. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're you're playing all these cheap spells, and you're all of a sudden these guys generated like forty mushrooms on their own, you know, or more. So it's like, and I I, I love the deck for that. I, I I it's actually like my current favorite deck to play. And if I wasn't a YouTuber, honestly, I would be playing this deck for one month nonstop <laughs> and nothing it's else. Over. Yeah, and it, but that's that's the thing. Like that's how, in my opinion you should build with Timo. You should use him for what he is. He's not going to win you the game on his own. And 70% of the time, he's going to die as soon as he enters yeah. the board. Mm-hmm. But I'm also playing the, um, the uh, what was his name? The three drop. I have him as a tool of the uh, Scribbler of Sorrows or yes. something like that. Yep. So, which works really well with Timo because early on, that's basically what he's always going to die. So yeah. <laughs> every time with the, I have a three drop that returns Timo to my hand. And it's a two, three. So I, I have all these tools, and, and that's, that's it. Like, don't ride exclusively on one card mm-hmm. and build your entire deck to pr- protect it, but, but then half of your games, you're not even going to draw it. Instead, draw a deck that just, you know, uh, is cohesive entirely on its own, and it, it can, it's flexible when it comes to draws and has different ways to win, and, and that's how I feel. Like I, I, I legit like I win a lot with this deck. Like I'm telling you, like and I, I've seen, I've, I've have, I've had messages from a lot of people telling me they reach masters with it, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is crazy. Amazing. So it's, and it's, it's basically like it's honestly like when it, when it comes to like all the decks that I've made, it's my most proud baby, <laughs> in a way. Like cause I, I, I'm very happy because I spend like a long time, you know, not only like building it but also optimizing it mm-hmm. and. 
I, I just I just really like it. I find it very enjoyable to play. I'm not saying it's the best deck ever by yeah. any means, but it's just it's just very fun and yeah. competitive. Yeah, when I was looking at the list, I, I saw this because I'm a lover of Timo. He's like one of my he's near and dear to my heart. But when I looked at it, like I, I was saying that it's kind of like the P and Z Shadow Isles greatest hits. Because like you just have some of the best cards from each. You're just like, yeah. this card's good. Let's put it in the deck. Like yeah. Commander Lidros, yeah. he's not bad. Let's just throw him in the deck. Yeah. So like I, I love that about it. You know how you said you know it's you don't have to build around an archetype like you would. Yeah. In Magic the, the, or the, the idea behind Ledros, uh, actually, it's it's we don't care about his last breath effect or anything like that. Ledros is because kidding the opponent for half their health. It's too makes <laughs> yeah it, it it makes mushrooms deadly as hell yeah True. all of a sudden they're they, they go from like 12 to 6 and they're dead in a couple of turns to mushrooms yep. alone the the biggest finisher in this deck though is get excited get excited mm -hmm. is how i finish like 90 percent of my games yeah i I, I let the i let the mushrooms just pour them down enough and then i just get excited though mm. and but ladros is there for that reason ladros like I, I i i whenever i play ladros in that deck it's just like uh you know, I I just I just want him to deal that damage, and then I I don't mm. care, you know, what yeah. happens to him, or I'm not gonna play him again because you know I'm, I'm doing other things at that point to try to win, right? But yeah, he's there for that. So I, I interrupted you there, but I just yeah. kind of like wanted no, to it's, uh, it's explain. Good. I love it. I I think you have sold me on Timo, by the way. Uh, and and also <laughs> I, I did my job. <laughs> and also, uh, without even without even know knowing pretty much justified uh because i i brought up last week i i, I made a point to, or not even last week on our last episode uh i i i brought up to saucy because he's you crafted three timos and i go instantly instantly and i'm like did you crap <laughs> do you even have fioras which is a nope. more sort of meta <laughs> Uh, more meta call right now, and I'm like, wow, yeah, that, that you're saucy for you. You, nope. you crafted the Timos before Fiora's, nope. and now you're literally saying Timo is good inherently, and you don't need it to draw him, and you don't need to build a deck around him, which is exactly what you do with Fiora. So I just it's, it's, like it's, it's, just, it's just what he is. He's a, he's a one drop. Like, yeah. what one drop in the game applies as much pressure as that little fucking thing? Like, it, yeah. nothing. True. It's, it's, it's like when you see that thing, it's like, kill it now. <laughs> And and it's but it's it's very neat that it it, it applies the pressure that it it, it does right it just mm -hmm. for just one mana and I I love I don't know about you but I, I love drawing Teemo with progress thing in the late game and just playing oh, it for zero, zero. mana yeah. <laughs> just I'm tapped out and then I'm like hey look yep. I have a Teemo <laughs> you didn't see this coming did you I don't know it's uh it's neat I like Teemo like, like I think the the like correlation to a card of magic that I think of Teemo is probably like Delver of Secrets. Where yeah, it's like bit. it's a one drop that you just have to kill, or you're probably going to die. Yeah. Uh, like the my favorite thing in the world is when you play a Teemo and they vengeance it. You're like, you just spent <laughs> so much mana to kill my one drop. Best yeah. feeling in the world. Love it. Yeah, that's. Uh... Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I'm spending my next three uh, <laughs> uh, champion wild cards on Teemo. Now it's decided. Nope. Uh, it is decided. Um, it must happen. It, it must happen. Uh, we are. Looking back quickly <laughs> <laughs> we're quickly running out of time so let's jump to a couple of listener questions here uh let's maybe just each pick one that we want to go for and or, or maybe we'll do one or two and uh we'll we'll end out on that um i will start so the bottom one what's that the bottom one that we just got in yeah let's start with the bottom one here so this one is from sputnik in the chat shout outs to them 
I know they're still they're still around. So shout outs for asking this one. Um, so Mogwai, don't need to go too deep into it, but what are mm. you expecting, or maybe what do you want to see from the balance change that's happening next week? I I, I could be pretty uh, brief about this. What I expect and what I would like to see, uh, mainly some some hits to to Shadow Isles and uh, Elusives. Uh, I, I think, you know, there's always the argument like, well, just learn to play against them. But <laughs> the reality is uh, they are a bit over, like, I, I love Shadow Isles as a faction, by the way. Uh, as, mm-hmm. Sorry, as, as region. Uh, I think Shadow Isles has a lot of very interesting archetypes within it. And I think it's very well designed, but it is a little bit too efficient in certain aspects. And I, I want, uh, for example, I want Wraith to be hit. I think mm-hmm. that card is starting to see a lot of play outside of the Mistwraith sort of like synergy. Anyways, I think that card is too much value and I would like to see it tweaked. Um, I also think Commander Ladros um, should be changed in some way or another. Maybe like the rounding up and down. I just don't like how it is like the one card in the game that just really punishes any sort of like late game strategy and just mm-hmm. absolutely says no to it. Uh, really hindering any sort of like viable control game plan against Shadow Isles as a region, so I would like them to do something about that. Uh, also expect, you know, barring the mist rate, I think Glimpse Beyond is one of the main reasons why Shadow Isles is, is as powerful as it is, and I would mm-hmm. like it to be changed to three mana. Um, I think that would be fair. And uh, I, I could totally, I think, I think Rasa is completely fine as a five five. It wouldn't lose any viability whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, regarding Shadow Owls, those are the major changes. Uh, I think I think despite, you know, people disagreeing with this potentially, I think Hecarim is actually fine. <laughs> Even though he's very powerful, mm-hmm. uh, I think champions should also be powerful. Yeah. And when it comes to uh, elusives, um, I think a, a tweak of stats as well. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Navary Conspirator is one of the biggest offenses. And I, I think what was intended to be a downside effect is actually a very, very, it's too, it's too efficient. And uh, I think elusives are just in general too overstated. I think elusives should require more heavy buff synergy yeah. and uh, actually force you to really dive into that instead of just slapping them in so many different decks. So I would definitely just like the overall... Uh, I, I wouldn't mind them being a bit more aggressive with elusives, to mm-hmm. be completely honest, because I, I think, um, like I said, I think they should... It's kind of like when you build a mushroom deck or whatever, like you, you need to like really invest into synergies mm-hmm. and, and certain things. And I, I just don't feel there's enough of that going on with deck building with elusive. So those are mainly the uh, the changes that I would expect and or at least, you know, appreciate. Uh, I think honestly, everything else is fine. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, honestly. I, I, I really am excited for because I, I, I know I, I'm, I'm pretty certain they're. Uh, they're going to be tackling those two things in some, you know, shape or form. Definitely a lot yeah. of, uh, I think, common, commonly held uh, views there for sure. Uh, that's a, uh, that is good. Thank you for that. Okay, so in that vein, I guess this is kind of in the similar vein of of what you just talked about with 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 Shadow Isles, um, uh, slightly. Uh, this one's from Zuljack, and they ask, uh, does Shadow Isles need to be retuned? So not even just nerfed, but retuned. Um, and the no. reason they ask this, well, the reason they ask this is, uh, do other regions need some form of removal that's not unit-based, such as Demacia? Because, like, Shadow Isles is really, I mean, there's some in P&Z with damage a little bit in Noxus, but 
is is there a need to spread out sort of the the removal diversity across other regions? i mean what what what, what removal does shadow owls effectively have that other regions don't think about it. yeah they have ruination but it's not like ruination is inherently a problem right it's really good against frostbite mid-range but they have black spear which you know can be easy to proc but i think mystic shot is inherently better mm-hmm. um they have like what what other I, I i just don't i just don't i think the last thing we need is for shadow owls to be retuned because i think shadow owls is actually one of the most one of the better designed regions mm-hmm. uh power level is is a, is a different argument entirely uh, right. From a design perspective, uh, Shadow Owls is just flooded with flavor. It is mm-hmm. absolutely like I, I, I personally am a big fan of the self-sacrifice sort of yeah, strat- yeah. Uh, tactics. Uh, I think Curse Keeper, Undying, mm-hmm. uh, Chronicler of Ruin is a really cool card, yeah. and Shadow Owls just has so many cool like I, I love Phantom Prankster as well. I like Hecarim as a champion. Uh, I, I think you know. I, I hate Commander Ladros from a design perspective, but that's the only card that I really dislike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think every other card can just be tweaked a little bit with numbers here and there, but I think the overall thematic in Shadow Owls is fantastic. And I would, I actually want them to bring back old Callista, uh, maybe yeah. to check out her power level, but I think she was one of the most, she was one of the coolest champions by far in Runeterra. And what they did to her was uh, uncalled for, in my opinion, just for the sake of it being too complex. I just that's like the biggest uh, crime committed by the balance team, in my opinion. In Runeterra, is what they did to Callista. And yeah, no, uh, I, I think uh, I completely disagree with that. I, I think Shadow Owls is is excellent, and it's just a matter of power level and maybe upping other stuff and toning them down. But let them be as they are, because they're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lot yeah, of, no, lot of good I totally there. agree, and I, I think one of the I, I'm glad that you mentioned it because I think one of the most powerful cards in the entire game is Glimpse. Uh, it's just like it's such good card draw for two mana, and I think that's one of the cards that like allows so many archetypes to just work, uh, especially because it like stops so many effects. Like they go to grasp your guy. All right, let me just glimpse it, and now you don't get the healing as well. And like mm-hmm. it's just it's such a it's a, it enables so many you know different things and uh i think that's one card that people sleep on is it being so powerful it's it's insane yeah i mean because it's just not it, it's a very average card in magic so like that that exact effect exists in magic uh and it's always just average but it, mm-hmm. it it's it's so interesting on you know being able to essentially get more value out of a creature because you soaked damage into it because damage sticks around in this game and also you have full mana every turn so drawing extra cards is so good and you can also counter their cards with it It, there's just so many things that are good about it and um it's definitely a very versatile um card but we are just about out of time here saucy is there any last questions that you want to get while we have Mogwai on, uh, whether a listener question or just something that that you want to to ask. Oh, I do want to while you, while you're thinking about that, Saucy. I do want to bring up one one interesting thing that I thought this might this might be this might embarrass Saucy, but I'm still gonna say it. Not I'm still a gonna say it. Um, so this is a true story, Mogwai. When right. we when when Saucy and I did uh, we did probably two or three episodes together, and. Uh, I was asking him, oh, hey, who do you want to, who would you want to have on the show? Cause like, I'll, I'll ask anyone to be on the show. 
first person he says is Mogwai. I want Mogwai on the show. I'm not even kidding. This is an actual true story. He goes, I go, all right, I'll, I'll see if I can get him. And, and here, and here you are. So you are the, you are the actual first choice from Saucy. Just, just wanted to no, I mean, I mean I, in general, like the, the reception from, from the community has been just so great. And I, I, I'm just excited. Like I, I was very excited to do because with magic, like I spent a year like building up my channel and everything, mm-hmm. but I didn't really connect with the community too much, to be honest. Uh, but I, I really, you know, because I, I did connect with like, for example, when I was in Gwent, that was like one of the biggest things for me. Like the community in Gwent was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of missed that a little bit, you know, being a part of uh, stuff like this. And uh, I'm so passionate about this game that I, I really am looking forward to meeting all sorts of folks who, who share that passion so yeah i i as soon as i saw you guys like uh especially like honestly i i, I love the name like rune terrible I think it's, <laughs> it is i definitely was looking game. forward to being here <laughs> but i appreciate it yeah and we're we're super happy uh to have you as well um and i mean this was this was a great episode man really really yeah, appreciate it um as we are before we go here mongwai the floor is yours to sell out, shout out, tell people where they can find you, YouTube, Twitch, all that good stuff. Uh, use this as your platform. Get more people. <laughs> well, basically, uh, I'm that guy with a bike who's not Brazilian. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I, I play card games. I have a YouTube channel and it's called Mega Mogwai. So if you want to check that out, I do upload uh, videos there daily. And I try to build new decks every day. I also stream five days a week at uh, twitch.tv slash megamogwai. And with an O, uh, sorry, uh, a zero instead of an O. Because I made my account initially and then I forgot the password and I lost it. Classic. Yeah. I have to make a new one. And uh, yeah. And basically, it, I mean... If you're into the game, then then you can check that out. There's other fantastic content creators out there, though. So hopefully we get some more and more variety as time passes. And that's all I got to say. Thank you for having me. And yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And also, last thing, you you did just recently hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, yes, 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 I did. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats on that. Yeah, thank Huge. you very much. Big deal. Uh, big deal for yeah, me. It's, yeah, it's, it's just a big deal. It's just a big deal in general. I've, awesome. I've been doing YouTube for a while, and that was first you know big goal and it's uh, like i said I, i've received uh tremendous support from rune terror like i've been getting like a thousand subscribers a day on youtube which is pretty That's ridiculous awesome. so it, it's very nice to see like what's more like more so than you know the growth of my channel or anything it's just very reassuring to see that there's so many people interested in the game mm-hmm. like because i honestly i that was my biggest fear like because I, I I absolutely f- love everything about this game, and I was just so afraid of like people not sharing that mm-hmm. passion and not just feeling the same way towards it, and uh, the game not having an audience that would be it would really suck honestly for me. Yeah. And because I, I just I, I love it so much, and I I I'm, I feel really lucky now being able to actually like focus on uploading mm-hmm. videos every day about it and streaming it because I just never get tired of it. And yeah, it's it's a nice. It's a nice time to be alive uh, as a card game enthusiast. So it's it's yes, good it stuff. Is. Yep, it it really is. And Runeterra is it it it's been it's been great for for everyone that we've talked to at least, which is which is awesome. But that is going to bring us to the end here. 
Saucy, where can people find you on the internet when you're not here on the podcast? Yeah, um, I'm just Saucy Mailman, all word, all one word everywhere. Uh, YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, all that places. Um, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily a hundred thousand subscribers. You know, I'm I'm a few hundred thousand less than that. But I, you know, I'm getting there. I'm getting. <laughs> we we all we all start somewhere. No, if you, I've been mostly playing a lot of you know Elnuk decks, Pursuit of Perfection. So if you like going way off the deep end on yeah. memes, that's kind of where I've been. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I'm actually probably going to be streaming as soon as we stop this because it's that time but yeah uh that's what i do saucy mailman all over the places oh yeah and you can find me on the discord discord.me slash rune terrible radio make sure you join that's where you can find yeah. all of the awesome content you'll be able to see the link in all of, uh, of this very episode and you'll also know in advance when we're having awesome guests like mogwai on the show but before we go i just want to thank you again mogwai for coming on really appreciate it Keep up the awesome content because I am always going to be looking for new decks to play. <laughs> so just, thank you. Just, just steal, steal all my decks. It's good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. If I change <laughs> one card, it's not stealing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, but I added I'm... one extra vile feast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm playing four vile feasts in my yeah. deck. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've got the innovation. Yeah, true though. Actually true, but that is going to be it, guys. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening and watching. Again, make sure you're going to the Discord, discord.me slash radio. You can find all of the links to everything that we do there, uh, and we will have everything that you could ever want there, and we have a great community. So make sure you check it out, but that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you again to Mogwai. So for Mogwai, for Saucy Mailman, I am Blevins, and we will see you guys next week. Talk about more Runeterra. Terra.